What's up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Slim Cogcast, and it is I, Slim Cognito. And let's jump right off in and let you know I've been enjoying myself, um, but also been keeping myself busy. And this past week mostly went by like lightning because, man, I've never looked forward to Friday harder in my life. Friday's hit, and then we get Falcon and Winter Soldier, we get Invincible. And that's amazing. And I'm considering picking up another show like Umbrella Academy or something. But I got to be careful because there's some movies I got to catch up on. And I don't want to drop any anime since my Hero Academia started. But um, here's the thing. This week I've picked up where I left off in Hotel Dusk. I found out how I was stuck. It was something that was very, how do you say, if you don't pay attention or play the game in succession like if you take a few days off you can easily get lost in one of those types of games and that's where i went wrong not the game itself so i'm picking up where i left off uh, i found out where i was stuck and why and it's getting a little more interesting i'd say it's one of those games that have a slow build into something that's gonna hook you in so i'm feeling that right now also uh this past week i've been playing guacamelee man two excuse me i played guacamelee one back on the ps3 uh, maybe like in 2014, 15, something like that. And it was amazing. Oh my God. Um, the fact that they made this game around newcomers and veterans of the previous game and it still came out perfect is great. And they had good explanations as to why you have to collect your powers again. Because used to be with Metrovanias, you would have the problem with Samus gets to the next game, suddenly she loses all her powers, got to get them all again. Castlevania, for some reason, you'll be super powered at the beginning, lose all your powers, got to do it all again. And those who are familiar with that trope understand why it happens, but it got a little overused since there was two different game series that were hugely popular between two completely different companies, and they were using this trope way too much with their with every release. So at this point, I have to give them credit. With that in that regard, because of course, you know, if for those who didn't play Guacamelee 1, that game is almost what five years old. I'm finna spoil Guacamelee 1 a little bit, not the whole thing, just a little bit. But basically, the whole point is Juan, the main character, when he gets this legendary luchador mask from the world of the dead, then he's able to transform into this super powered lucha superhero. And at the end of the first game, you have to take the mask off in order to join your family and live your regular life. You get your life back. Now, Guacamelee 2 starts off where the first left off where you're with your family and everything. And you're raising your children. But through depression, he became overweight because he was sad at the fact that he wasn't the hero that he used to be anymore. And him being sad about that was making him miss out on, you know, living life with his kids and his, and his wife, of course. But yeah, so... That's how it kicks off, and they do it very intelligently. You know, his time away from the mask is the time that he spent gaining weight and getting depressed and getting weaker. So, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. <clears throat> now, here's the kicker. When I played 2, I thought that they were just going to, you know, rework the same stuff. But they literally made things so different and arguably fairly challenging enough. Like, when it got to the point where you do the trials uh, in the sky, it's like a, 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 a some type of trials. I forget what it was called. It was like the, the test of something. But um, basically, all the four trainers that you meet along in the game, they give you these upgrades that you can purchase as long as you meet the requirements. And then 
you can carry on and do these challenges. And I guess it's intended to be like post-game or in-game content since it requires you to have all of these skills unlocked in order to do it. And me, I'm the type of person who would finish up the game as much as possible, get right up to the final boss or whatever, and then I go back and do my cleanup run. And during my cleanup run, I noticed that even though all of these things were right here available, you know, like upgrade my combo attack, you know, to do more damage, etc., etc. With these types of games that have these freeform combat, like Devil May Cry style combat, I don't like to increase my damage because more damage equals less combo hits. And I love having high combo hit combos. I mean, who doesn't? And Guacamele is very fun in that sense with his grapple mechanics as well as his juggles and its, you know, launchers and you got death from above and 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 just uh just down smashes in the air. It's like a single player Smash Brothers with some Devil May Cry features intact and it's it's great. Um the most that I would describe it though in terms of it is like it's a Metroidvania first and foremost because that's the whole backbone of the gameplay and the driving force to play the game. But as well, you could also say that it is, for all intents and purposes, a beat-em-up, and it works. It's super good. The Mexican themes are, are consistent and just as good as the first game. The music's amazing. Enemy design is very intuitive. Some of the bosses and, and challenge stages are so clever, and they require a lot of skill and improvis improvisation and planning from the player that you wouldn't expect to have from a game like this and it's really like a breath of fresh air so i highly suggest it for anybody who likes any of the things that i just described anywho that's what i've been working on uh playing this past week of course we've been playing the apex and keeping up with the the new event although i don't completely understand it it's like we keep finding these little um phone tablet communicators or whatever and you're supposed to decrypt the code and you got to find like three of them on two different maps I don't understand exactly how to decrypt the codes. I just be picking them up and nothing happens. So anyway, yeah, Apex been interesting though. And it's supposed to be changing the game mode like every 48 hours or something like that. But uh, yeah, now, oh, and I, I, I spent about a solid hour and a half trying to learn how to surf in CSGO. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> anyway, let's jump right on into it. First thing on the docket today and the most important, the biggest thing that's going on, Metro Gaming metro.co.uk quote if you love a game buy it at fucking full price says the days gone writer so the writer of days gone like went on a tirade a little bit lately and his opinion basically summed up is like this i quote i do have an opinion on something that your audience may find interest and it might piss some of them off said gavin if you love a game, buy it at fucking full price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on sale, or I got it through PlayStation Plus, whatever. Don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch, continued Gavin. Oh, Garvin, excuse me. Con continued Garvin. It's like God of War got whatever number millions of sales at launch, and you know, Days Gone didn't. End quote. So basically, he was unsatisfied with the way uh, the sales went for Days Gone. Um, I heard that it actually had good promise and it was a great story. I've seen, actually, m my family, my stepfather loves that game. He's beaten it like, oh, probably like three times. And 
I want to get to it myself. Actually, I actually can't wait. Um, it's it's supposed to be. It's one of the reasons why I went back to my PS4 and started booting up games that was on the backlog on it because I've been on the PC too much. And that game does look great, but I will admit we purchased the game. However, we didn't. I don't. I don't remember. No, it wasn't full price, but I know it wasn't like cheap either. I don't remember how much we spent on it, but um, I do also remember this game released with a lot of bugs and it was very iffy and it had good marketing. I remember seeing an ad for it when I was going to watch, I think it was Captain Marvel in theaters or was it one of the Avengers? I can't remember. I think it was Captain Marvel, but I remember seeing a Days Gone advertisement before the movie started. So they had good marketing and the money was there. But not enough people bought it on release, he says. Because, let's be frank, after a game drops so many in price, as soon as it's released, okay, I've managed at a GameStop, and as soon as a game comes out, it's literally marked down to a cheaper price for a used copy almost immediately. Immediately. And because of that, there's always going to be someone who's going to take that potential... 60 bucks which they don't get the full 60 but their potential bit of money out of sony's pocket because once it's sold used in gamestop that money goes to gamestop not to sony not to microsoft not to nintendo that's the reason why so many games in gamestop uh, by nintendo do not depreciate in value period well really anywhere nintendo does not allow depreciation of their products too often how they do it or what ways they do so that's not in my wheelhouse of expertise anyway the point that I'm making is I can see them losing so much when they hope for pre this is why they push pre-orders so hard and I can see why um, but honestly it's at the end of the day even though it's sad for them and I do feel bad for them even though you know some people say I shouldn't but it's very it's in very poor taste for him to say this publicly but at the same time I understand this is a person of passion speaking when you're an artist or creator and something that you create doesn't go over well you're going to be hurt by it, okay? Uh, what was it Erica Badu said, the famous line? It said, be careful judging my music because I'm sensitive about my shit. Basically, that's what every artist goes through. And people forget that very easily, especially when you have a Twitter crowd, stand crowds, and whatnot, this, that, and the third, and you got your reviewers, and they'll be like, oh, this new album by what's it, what's it was kind of trash, or Travis Scott fell off, or... I mean, we don't know what Tyler Creator's doing, blah, blah, blah. These people, they share their opinions and they spread them around. And people who can't make a decision end up adopting these decisions and, and opinions as a truth. But honestly, it takes a lot of work to put these projects together in a team of people. And to say that we could just dash it away with saying, oh, it was bad or oh, it wasn't worth it. It's, it's oftentimes not warranted. But anywho... He goes on to say, I took it hard to be honest, he said, this is just the reality of Sony Metacritic score is everything. If you're the creative director of a franchise and your game is coming out to a 70, you're not going to be the creative director on that franchise for very long. This also sheds more light, that's the end of the quote by the way, this also sheds more light on how messed up the game review process can be when it's very cutthroat with uh, Metacritic scores being the de facto you know, litmus test to whether a company is going to stay afloat or if they're going to keep making a project of this and the third. And it's it's kind of bad. <laughs> it's kind of real bad. But yeah, so I don't I don't know what to call it except for a bunch of mess altogether. 
in a hand basket. Anyway, let's move on. Next thing on the docket at Nintendo Life. Nintendo is suing a reported leader of the Notorious Piracy Group team, Executor. So there's this guy named Gary Bowser, who was notorious for his Piracy Group team, Executor. And they were the team who found out how to hack or made it more convenient to do so, hack the Nintendo Switch. Through these mods, um, Nintendo claims that they have risked put a lot of 79 million Switch consoles at risk through piracy thanks to the leak that happened, uh, what was that, about a month or two ago with a bunch of players' information, login information, credit card information were leaked. And the reason it was leaked is because of Nintendo Switch hacking. I'm pretty sure that played a huge part into it because that device itself has to communicate, call and request uh, communication to official Nintendo servers. I'm pretty sure people reverse engineered, found out how to communicate, get those files, parse them, and then make use of them. And that right there is the nail in the coffin to the point where I support, okay, game preservation and reasonable forms of piracy. I won't say I support, but I understand. But I do support game preservation. And the reason why I say that is because, we'll, we'll talk about that another day, but more along the topic here, because they were dumb enough to go and try to pack and sniff out information that belonged to customers and getting their 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 personal information, that's when you cross the line. You could have been fine. You could have been just fine, but you decided to go too far. And that's what makes it justify for Nintendo to say, okay, let's do this lawsuit now. Because not only are you hurting the product itself, which it didn't really matter to them as long as they were selling Switches, whether it gets hacked or not, they're fine. The only thing they miss out is is potential game purchases. But the average person does not want to hack their consoles. So it's really not, it's, it's like an unproven dollar that they can't really battle. But once you put people's information at risk under Nintendo's name, which their contract and end user agreements and whatnot say, and it's a, an agreement that your information is safe with Nintendo, and in this case, because of them, they can't hold up to that clause. Oh yeah, boy, you getting sued, and I almost don't even feel bad for you. So, ain't much else to say about it. It's just that, that he was arrested and charged with 11 felony counts last year, and now he's getting sued. A uh, 51-year-old Canadian guy, and apparently he's been in business of creating and selling hacking devices since at least 2013. So yeah, shit happens, I guess. I don't, I don't want to be mean, but. I do have to be fair. Melee Battle Royale Naraka, according to PCGamer.com, Bladepoint is doing an open beta next week. Can't wait. Uh, I had a trailer sent to me that does look amazing. Well, I ain't gonna say amazing, but it looked like it's got potential. And I want to get my hands on it to really feel the pace of the game. Because <clears throat> it doesn't feel... It feels kind of rigid just by watching the trailer, so I'd have to see for myself as you touch it. But, um, yeah... Unveiled in 2019, it's a multiplayer melee action game with a boundless movement system and accessible controls and a block and parry system that doesn't actually use or even have a block button, which is very, I'd say, interesting to say the least. Players will feel every attack and utilize everything in their skill set and armor to achieve victory. Developer 24 Entertainment said, Our teams have created something visually stunning and instantly appealing to fans of multiplayer online combat. Melee seems to be the preferred fighting style, the studio said. The excitement you feel when you switch to melee weapons and charge toward your enemy with your teammates is one unique characteristic of Naraka Bladepoint. So yeah, can't wait for that. 
I hope to see more. Can't really say more about it just yet. Or else we'll get our hopes up or we'll be too pessimistic and enjoy it when it comes out. So, yeah. Um, also, another tidbit about the Days Gone news is that the director, not the writer this time, but the director, encouraged the fans to sign a, potential, uh, a petition excuse me, for a sequel. And last I saw, the petition was very close to completion. So, who knows what Sony will do about that information. But we'll just have to see. There's nothing else there. Anywho, next, GamingIndustry.biz. Apple attempts to block Epic from calling witnesses in an in antitrust trial. Uh, basically, it's the discussion of having third-party witnesses, but um, there's a lot of stipulations around it. And just to be fair, um, Apple did not want these uh, witnesses to be included, but they kind of had to, to, just to sum things up in layman's terms. And the reason that it was very uneasy is because They'd kind of be blindsided with this because there was no plans or 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 I, I guess it, uh, these witnesses were not originally announced to be a part of the trial, which you pretty much have to reveal by law what you are working on. You have to reveal it to the opposing. Um, what's what I'm looking for? I guess party would suffice. I can't think of the right term, but. The defense attorney, whatever you're working on and things that you uncover and evidence that you find, you have to share it with the prosecution and vice versa. You can't just pop out evidence out of nowhere and it's like, okay, here's exhibit C. You can't do like things right and just pull out some evidence that nobody was ready for because otherwise you're you're not really, even if it wasn't forged evidence and it wasn't you know processed to uh, legitimize it or not, it's still no way to build your case against that argument even if you rightfully can build a case against it, you could literally throw everybody off and win people over just by introducing this new information. So it's just it's just not a good look, whether you're doing it for malice intent or excuse me, malicious intent or for the betterment of your client. Either way, that's just not how law works. So to sum it all up, it just had them a little uneasy and they didn't want it there, but it had to happen and they couldn't object to it. So. Still, keep in mind, I am not a lawyer. I'm telling you what I know just from experience or things that I've researched or studied or whatnot. And this is the best that I can give you. It's up to you all to look into it deeper and or ask the legal eagle or someone <laughs> to review it, you know. So, uh, yeah, take care. And always remember the channel motto. Intentions are the most important. Actions ain't nothing but loud and words. I mean, damn thing. Y'all take care. Use a... <sighs> Bye, y'all. I'm gonna go. <laughs>